It says in um, the beginning of Genesis how God created everything through his word. How he created heaven. How he created earth. How all things were created through his word. How he just spoke it into being. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He just spoke it out. Let there be light. Yehior. And there was light. The Yehior. And there was light. And he said, let there be light. Let there be a separation of the light and the darkness. And it happened. Let animals come forth. And it happened. Let vegetation come forth. It happened. Let fish be birthed in the sea. And it happened. Everything happened according to his word. And from his word. Through his word, all things were created. But something special happened. Thank you. Thank you so much. But something special happened when he created us. His, is the way he expressed it. The way it came forth from his mouth was something very different than when he said, let the earth bring forth vegetation. Or let animals come forth. Or let fish come forth. Or let darkness be separated from light. He said something very different. When it came to his creation of humans, of humankind, of us, he said, let us... Let us, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let us make man. Who is this us? Who is this us? Why is it that all this, the other creation statements, which is him speaking it out, saying, let it come forth, let it come forth. And all of a sudden, in, when it came to creating man, he says something different. He says, it almost seems like it was a combined effort. Like, he, it, it, <laughs> it takes, like, like you needed a partner in this creation. Let us. Well, who's he talking about? And Judaism has their answer to this. And Judaism and early Christianity has, has, has actually argued about this for a long time. Since, since Christianity. And Judaism's answer is that the us are the angels. The rabbinic answer is that the us are the angels. And the proof text that they bring forth is that there's other times that God says, let us do this or let us do this. And he's explicitly speaking to angels. The problem is, in those other instances, he is, he's absolutely speaking to angels. It specifically says he's talking to angels. It specifically says what happens after that. It's him and angels doing things together. But let me tell you something. We're not created in the image of angels. We're created in the image of God. And nowhere in Jewish thought or in biblical thought do angels have any part in creation. They're not the creators. They're creations just like us, so it cannot be that. Even if there are other areas where God says, let us do this, and he's talking to angels, we're not created in the image of angels. This brings its fullness. We get the fullness in what this means in the stories and the gospels of Yeshua. He is the partner in creation. This is why John said he was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him. And apart from him, not one thing came into being that has come into being. Paul wrote, for us there is one God the Father from whom are all things and for whom we exist. And one Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. 
Yeshua is the one that was with God in the beginning and creation came through him. He is like the partner of God. He's God's partner in creation. Like God needed a partner in this. Hashem, Adonai, needed somebody else. Wanted somebody else to kind of co-do this thing together. And Yeshua is that one that was there in the beginning. It only makes sense. It does not make sense in the rabbinic answer that it's, it's angels that had a part in creation. Because they did not. It does not make sense. But we are created in the image of God. And it says in another place in the New Testament that Yeshua is the visible image of the invisible God. It only makes sense with Yeshua. It doesn't make sense with angels. And God is still creating. It says that six days he created and then he rested. But I tell you right now that our father is still in the process of creating. He's not done creating. Yeah, creation is complete, but he's still doing. He's still creating. He's still moving. He's still bringing forth miracles. He's still bringing forth light he's, and life. And he's still conquering darkness by bringing forth light. It may have been done in the six days of creation, but it's not going to be done in entirety until the whole earth is filled with his glory. And the Messiah returns. And the full earth is redeemed finally unto him. And there ain't be no more Russian attacks on countries. Because nations will not go to war with one another, as it says. And swords will be thrown away, put into plowshares. And may that time come quickly, even in our day, Adonai. But our father, even Yeshua said, my father is working. To this very day. And I am working too. My father is still working. He may have worked for six days and rested, but he's still been working since then. He hasn't stopped working. And Yeshua hasn't stopped working. And he's still doing. And he's still creating. And if he's still creating, then he must still be looking for a partner in creation. Because if he needed a partner, let us make man in our image. If he needed a partner back then for the big thing, maybe he still needs a partner in creation now. And I tell you right now that just as it was then with Yeshua being that partner in creation, he's still that partner in creation. That's why he says here, Yeshua says that I'm still working. My father is still working. and I am too. He is still doing. Even in the garden. Even if we read the story of the garden. The Gan Eden. The story of the garden of Eden. Like God created. But he, he wanted man to tend it. He says tend to this garden. I created it. Now tend to it. I created it. Tend to it. It's never just been God doing his thing and walking away. He needs partnership. He wants partnership. Tend to it. I remember when Rabbi Peter first gave, uh, um, went to Haiti and he anointed Susie and, and me against our will to be the rabbi and Rebbitson of, of the congregation. And I went to Rabbi Peter and I said, I don't know how to lead a congregation. And I remember what he said. He said, you know, a lot of good seed has been planting here, planted here. Just tend to it. Just tend to it. It got it real simple. You know, just, just tend to the good seed that's here. That's all. Just, just give it some water. You know, you know, mix around the dirt a little bit if it's needed. You know, give it a little fertilizer. You know, but otherwise, leave it alone. 
you know, like a good gardener. Just like, you know, let, let the sun do its job, you know, don't, don't, don't overdo it, you know. Uh, so just tend to it. Just tend to it. And God is looking for partnership in tending to the garden. And we can take a look at the Garden of Eden and say, okay, that was that. But really, God gives all of us a garden to tend to. A family. A job. See, we look at it as just little things. But really, it is what God wants us to tend to. He wants us to partner with him in bringing creation into that space that he has put you in. And when we recognize that and we realize that, that it ain't just a job or it ain't just some mundane thing. It's God wants you there because his partner in creation, Yeshua, lives within you. See, it wasn't enough for God to do it alone. He said, let us make man. And Yeshua said, it's not just it's not good enough for me to just stay here as an individual. I need to die and go to the right hand of the Father. And I'm going to pour myself into you. So now that partnership with God can continue all around the world and not be limited to one guy in the Galilee. So the partnership with God continues in the creation that God has brought forth from the beginning continues. And we are his partner in bringing forth that light. In fact, I believe when it says, let there be light, ye he or... And there was light, the Yehi or, I believe there is a pause between those two parts of the sentence. I believe that he said, let there be light. And light went forth from Adonai. And as long as there is still darkness to be conquered by light, that creative force when he said let there be light is still going and if there's darkness it's not done it's like the scripture that says it won't return to me void until it's accomplished and if there's still darkness it's not fully accomplished what it was sent out to do when he said let there be light it's going out it's not coming back until there's no more darkness and at the end when messiah comes when all things are 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 rectified and 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 repaired and reconciled back to himself, then, and only then, will God say, and there was light. Let there be light, and it goes forth for 6,000 years, maybe seven. And when it's all accomplished, we hear, and there was light. Bless the Lord. And during this time, he's still looking for a partner. He's still looking for a partner. He's still looking for someone to tend to the garden. See, the first Adam messed it up. But this is why Paul calls Yeshua the second Adam. Or the last Adam. To do it right. Are we thankful that the Messiah does it right? He's the second Adam. And he does it right. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And that spirit, that spirit of Messiah. You know, the Rashi, the, the Jewish commentator Rashi said that in the beginning when the spirit of God hovered over the waters, he wrote, that's the spirit of the Messiah. And that Messiah, that spirit of Messiah is in you, those who believe. And that is a creative partnership that we have with God. 
So don't think of what your life or the things that are in your life as just something, as, as just mundane or, or, or banal. Is that a good word? Mm-hmm. Don't think of it that way. Think of it as a garden that Adonai wants you to tend to. Think of it as your own mishkan. Think of it as your own mishkan. Because what is a mishkan anyway? It is the place of the dwelling of God. That's the mishkan. In fact, the Hebrew word shechen, which is dwelling, is within that, is within the word mishkan. It's his dwelling place. We see that in our Torah portion, that the mishkan, the creation of the mishkan, is a place for God to dwell. So don't look at your life as, as just mundane or banal. Look at it as this is the mishkan. This is your mishkan that he wants you to build, that he wants you to tend to. And it changes everything. When you recognize that it's his, and it's his gift to you, for you to tend to, and you are the vessel to do it. Your relationships, whatever it is. How about yourself? You know, in its purest sense, that the Mishkan, the tabernacle, foreshadows you, right? You're the temple of God. It says that in, in the Bible. You are the temple of God. So it foreshadows you. So look at yourself as something that God wants you to tend to. Are you, are, you, are you engaging in enough self-care? Do you know that he wants you to? Your body is a temple of God. Are you engaging in enough self-care? You know, that's really the first thing. In fact, it's very interesting. In this Torah portion, in our Torah portion now, we see the, the construction of the Mishkan. And it starts the whole process of how it got built. From everything, from the lampstand to the table and the, the clothes and everything, the curtains. Everything gets constructed. But the first verse in our Torah portion, the first verse, even though it's the whole thing, the whole thing is about the construction of the Mishkan. The first verse is about Shabbat. The whole thing is about working. The whole thing is about tending. The whole thing is about constructing this thing. But the first verse is about Shabbat. Why does he put Shabbat, this little verse about Shabbat, before the whole portion about constructing the Mishkan? Because this is more important. Before you tend to God's Mishkan, before you tend to the garden that he's put you in charge of, just make sure you're taking care of yourself because that is ultimately what Shabbat is. It's about rest. Are you getting enough rest? Yes. Peter's getting enough rest. Yes. Is any not according to Sue's sleep app? Is she getting enough rest? But take care of the vessel. And don't forget to do that. There's holiness in it. I can't speak to nutrition and exercise and all these things. I can't speak to any of those things. But I can speak to rest because it's spiritual. And God wants you to rest. And God wants you to take care of yourself. And so many people are like, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why this is happening to me. I don't know why this is happening to me. I'm doing so much, so much, so much. Well, are you doing the first thing? Are you taking care of yourself? Why don't you take care of yourself? Why don't you practice a little bit of self-care? 
And as that is your foundation, as Shabbat is your foundation, perhaps everything else is going to fall into place. So we see the, the building of the Mishkan in this Torah portion. And um, it's an amazing building project. All pastors and rabbis love this section because it is a building project and a fund drive that was extremely successful. The people gave more than enough. They didn't need to be coerced. They didn't need to have their arm twisted. They gave it. It was built. It was beautiful. It was perfect. In fact, there's one place later on where it says that they gave, they gave so much they had to stop them from giving. This is a pastor's dream. You don't need to give anymore. Send the word out. Stop giving. Said no pastor never. But Moses said it. So it's just an amazing building project. But when we look at it, when we look at the Mishkan, not just as the tabernacle in the wilderness, but we look at the Mishkan as something that was given to you, 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 something to tend to, something that has the dwelling of God in it, that he's given to you. Then we can look at how this Mishkan was built and we say, these things still apply even to me. If you look at your family as a Mishkan, your health as a Mishkan, your job as a Mishkan, your, your hobby, your vocation, your avocation. If you look at these things as Mishkans, because what is a Mishkan? It's a thing that the glory of God dwells in. And it says that God's not going to rest until his glory is on the whole world, is across the whole world. And in this side of the kingdom, we get to partner in him with that. So if we look at how the Mishkan was built, there are four things that I see as the Mishkan was built. God provided the blueprint. The pattern was already established. And God showed that pattern. Number one, the pattern already existed. He showed it. Number two, we do the work. He gives it to us to do. He gave it to the people to do. He, at, the end, at the end of the whole thing, the, the story in Revelation, the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven. That's at the end. That's at the end. Now, he doesn't do that. He, show, he gives the blueprint. And we do the work. And we complete the work. And the mediator, who is Moses in this case, but for our, in our hearts, it's Yeshua. The mediator inspects it. Because we see at the end of the building project, Moses had to go and check. They go, look, you know, is the curtain the exact color? Is, the, is everything just right? Is it according to the blueprint that God gave? God gave the blueprint. The people did it. And then Moses said, let me see if it matches the pattern. Let me see if everything was done right. The mediator, the one that, is, that mediates between you and Hashem and Adonai. The mediator checks it out. And when everything is good, the kavod, the glory of the Lord, falls on it. That's the pattern that we see in the building of the Mishkan. God provided the blueprint. We did the work. The mediator checks it out, gives it the check mark, and the glory falls on it. That's what we see in Scripture. So when we look at those four steps at the Mishkans that God gave us to tend to, to bring the glory, his glory into... These things still apply. God provides the blueprint. It says that he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. Before the foundations of the world. That we would be holy and blameless before him. Do you know that God's seen everything? He has seen everything. 
since before the foundations of the world. Nothing comes to him by surprise. When Connie of blessed memory passed, it didn't come to him by surprise. Maybe it came to Rabbi Phil by surprise. It didn't come to God by surprise. He's seen all these things before the foundations of the world. So when he gives you something, a marriage, children to parent, something to oversee, to govern a job, whatever it is, there's a blueprint in heaven how God sees it. And be encouraged by that. Be encouraged that there is a way of looking at this thing, not through your own eyes. You know, imagine, imagine Moses or Bezalel. Do we know Bezalel, the character Bezalel? He was the one that was in charge. He was like the, 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 the construction project manager. Bezalel in Hebrew. Bezalel. It means under the shadow of his wing. Under his shadow. The shadow of God. Bezalel. Imagine if he just looked at all the stuff. All the, all the pieces that were brought forth by the people. And he went, oh my gosh, what's a, what a mess. This is a mess. But God saw, had a blueprint for the finished product. I tell you right now that what God has given you, there is a finished product that God sees. There's a way of looking at this through the eyes of heaven. And it's not through the eyes of, of disappointment. And it's not through the eyes of, oh, this is not, this is not good. This is, this is bad. There's a way of God seeing what he gave you. And it's been preordained. And always be encouraged by that, that it's preordained. We do the work. To each one is given a manifestation of the spirit. For the common good. Everyone has a gift. If we take a look at Bezalel and all the people, they all had certain gifts. Some gave, some did weaving, some did construction, some did whatever. They all had a part in the building of this thing, right? And when Paul speaks about the one spirit, one body and the many parts, and the one spirit can give to the, each part what it needs to accomplish for the common good, I believe that that whole premise comes from this, this unification that happened in the building of the Mishkan. That everybody was ordained and appointed. And everybody had an anointing on them from Ruach, from the Spirit of God, to accomplish the goal, to accomplish the task. So know that you have the anointing of God to accomplish a task. If he gives you a Mishkan to it, to tend to it, to build, he's going to give you the Spirit to do it. He's going to give it. He's got the pattern in heaven that we're going to aim towards gives you the ability to do it. I love that it says about Bezalel in this Torah portion that he was anointed with the Spirit of God. Now, when we think Spirit of God, we normally think the spiritual gifts that are in the New Testament. We normally think prophecy, you know, and healing. You know what he was anointed with? Craftsmanship. I want, it says that, anointed with his spirit. That sounds like all Christianese, right? Well, it's in our Torah, of craftsmanship. Of craftsmanship. And I want to speak over you that you are Bezalel. You are Bezalel. You are anointed with what's needed to accomplish the project. A ministry. Whatever God has given you, and believe me, he's given you something, like I said, even if it's just your self-care. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Bezalel, that's right. So Bezalel was anointed by, this, with, by God to accomplish a task. And if your advocacy with people that are struggling with, with, with mental illness is your mishkan, then he's given you the anointing to do it. There's a way that he's looked at it in heaven, how he sees it, and he's given it to you to accomplish it. Betzalel, you had a tough week. Father, I lift this up to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. He gives the blueprint. You do the work. He provides that anointing for you to do the work. Number three, the mediator, who for us is Yeshua, inspects the work. Now, like I said, Moses took a look at the tabernacle and made sure that everything was just right. And, okay, is this the right green or is it not the right green? You know, that's what he did. You have to make sure that everything was right. We need to give Yeshua the opportunity to look at, at what we did and to make sure it's good. And if it's not perfect, to just correct us. I'm, there was something really magical and wonderful about the building project of the Mishkan that Moses took a look at it and everything was just right first time. That's not the way it happens with many of us. In my secular job in uh, information technology, there's, there, there used to be a, a, like a process for, 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 um, for technology, for running technology projects. And I'm not going to get into it because it's boring as anything. And it was called Six Sigma. But they had this term in Six Sigma called right first time. In other words, it was a process to try to do everything right all at once and never make mistakes. That was the process. That was how we were kind of driven. Right? First time. Get it right? First time. But that kind of went to the wayside. And now there's this new technology process about building things. And it's called Agile. And that's what I do right now. And this Agile process that I, that I manage right now at work, it encourages mistakes. Because it knows we learn from that. Just if you got to try something out and it doesn't work, great. Go try it. Go be creative. Go do what you got to do. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, you learn something. Move on. And that's a great life lesson also. Because, like I said, in this Torah portion, they, they did it right first time. They did it. Moses inspected it. Glory, hallelujah. It was done. But for us and the things that God has put before us, we make mistakes. But the mediator, Yeshua, inspects the work. And we need to have the humility to allow him to say, okay, this is good, but this is an error. And we're going to correct that and say, Baruch Hashem, I'm going to continue to move forward. I'm going to correct this and move forward. Allow yourself to make mistakes. Allow the mediator to tell you there's a mistake here that needs correcting. One thing I love about the book of Revelation, it, before all the end time stuff that confuses everybody, he's talking to some churches. And that makes it real simple, right? right? Before you get to all the, 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 the woes and the schmoes and the, and, and the, the horses and the schmorses and, right? and all these things, right? He's just talking to some churches. And he's going to this church, Church of Philadelphia, the church of whatever it is. And he's saying, this is what you did good, but this is where I have a problem. This is what you did good. This is where I have a problem. That's the mediator inspecting the work. God is safe when he tells us, this is good, but this needs correction. So we progress forward in the task that he gives us, 
but we are humble enough to say, Adonai, I give it to you for inspection, and if there's anything wrong, hineni, uh, I'm available. I'm available to, to be corrected. But once everything is good, and once everything is according to the pattern, the glory of God falls on it. And that's what we want. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Father, I just lift up every mishkan that is being tended to, that is being built here by everybody here or everybody that's listening right now. All the building projects that are happening, all the little gardens that are being tended to. Father, the, the ultimate goal is for your glory to descend on it. Because your glory is to fill the whole earth. And you've enabled us to be partners in this. Partners in creation. Let us make man in our image. And we know who that speaks of. And that one, the Mashiach, lives inside of you. And he's still saying it. Let us. Let us do this together. Until the glory falls on it. And may it fall again and again, and fill this whole broken earth until his glory fills the whole earth. And every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Yeshua is Lord. Thank you, Adonai. Father, we lift this up to you, Lord God, to anoint and appoint every little mishkan from advocacy to family to ministry. Whatever it is, Father, we ask for your anointing upon the people. We know it's already there. We know that you have the blueprint in heaven. We know that you have seen it before the foundations of the world. Father, enable us to have vision to see what it is to, to act according to your ways, according to your purpose. Be humble and correctable when you have us change direction and may your glory fall upon it, Lord. Father, lift this up to you in the name of Yeshua. Amen, amen.